Hello there, podcast. Hello there, Facebook. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, everybody. My name is Robert Butler. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host. And on this 10th day of February, the NBA trade deadline really kind of crept up on us this year. Uh, with, with, with the NFL now, Having the Super Bowl pushed back a week has really thrown off uh, my calendar. In a good way, though. In a good way. Because there's a lot of downtime in the month of February. And in February and July are two of the worst sports months of the entire year, in my opinion. And the fact that you push this NBA thing on top of the NFL like this it keeps it more accurate accurate throughout the offseason. And there's no real dead time now coming up with everything. So I'll talk about the Super Bowl breakdown. Uh, Mario Cristobal putting together his staff down in Miami. I think that's pretty interesting. And um, break down that Super Bowl and whatnot. But first, there was a blockbuster trade, you know, in the NFL. Uh, but I'll say this, I'll say this before I go really into all the details of this. And I forgot to put there, there's a football, uh, in Germany, by the way, the NFL is going to go to Germany, but there is, we have a, a league in the NBA that I haven't really talked about all year. I thought I was going to say something about it in, 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 in around Christmas time, I thought I was going to say something about the NBA uh, around the first of the year. And there's just no storylines, you know, other than Russell Westbrook. Uh, I, I could say I told you so that he's not going to work out, flame out in, in, in L.A. And they tried to trade him today, but they couldn't. Nobody wanted that that 40-something million dollar cap hit that he has. Uh he he's he's been around the league quite uh, often over the last fourteen months, and you've got a guy like uh, three teams in less than fourteen months in James Harden. You got a guy in Kyrie Irving that I found out today. I didn't read this before. I didn't know the extent of it. Five thousand dollar fine, and he can play. So why aren't you playing? You know, home games. Kyrie Irving, I don't want to get the mandate. I'm okay with that. I'm kind of with him on that. I don't think you should be forced to. But when I found out it's a 5000 that's peanuts. He spends that in the night at the club. So that is just, uh, Ben Simmons has barely played any this year because he's not happy with the way Philadelphia uh, criticized him for his lack of performance last year. Kyrie Irving, uh, it's not even playing home games. He halfway's not interested. James Harden gained an extreme amount of weight and, and forced his way out of uh, Houston last year. And now things have went south in uh, in, in uh, Brooklyn. So he's forced his way out of Brooklyn. You know, this whole player movement, player empowerment, what it is, is it, it, it sends a signal to the fan base that you guys aren't really serious about it. You're entitled. Uh, you're, you're, not, uh, you're not competitive anymore. 
Uh, it's all about getting your way and a little bit of money in the easy championship. But some guys like Rob Parker of Fox Sports blame LeBron for this to this extent. We've always had fair agents of player movement for decades. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but this level of player empowerment and all that stuff, what it really is, it, it's damaging your game. And I hope and pray for the sake of the league, because I love the game of basketball. I love NBA was a huge, I wanted to play in the NBA when I was a kid. You know, I practiced every day outside 12 years. I was be like Mike commercial, you know, born night 81. So when you know, I was 10, 12 years old, that Michael Jordan, everything. But it, it, it it's really gotten this bad where uh, a trade is more interested than the game itself. But it was an exciting trade. It was very exciting. And everybody's saying, uh, well, well, uh, Philadelphia, boy, they really fleeced the Brooklyn Nets here. And I was looking at the MGML odds, and I'm thinking, well, well, how come Vegas don't agree with that? MGM odds says the Brooklyn Nets are plus 400 to win the NBA championship, followed by Golden State at 450, the Suns at 500, the Milwaukee Bucks at plus 650, and the Philadelphia 76ers are plus 675. So what does this mean in English? The Brooklyn Nets are the odds-on favorite because they got a missing piece there uh, that lack thereof defense in Ben Simmons. Now, we don't know what kind of shape he's in. Don't get me wrong. We don't know what kind of shape he's in. But... But I'll, and and I think both players, you know, like I said earlier, I think both parties got what they needed at the time. Both both teams did, and Vegas backs me up. I'm not a biased person. Uh, people say, "Well, we asked me about Tennessee," and I don't want to tell you know the guys from the Mac and Jack and Jim show. I live in Nashville. I grew up watching, uh, well, part of my life watching the Tennessee Vols and the Titans and everything. But when I started this program. I just want to be right and get it right about my national takes and the NFL primarily and sometimes other sports. So I don't really care what these people don't pay me. I'm not really, I kind of put my guard down for a little while this year and got emotionally tied to them. I don't do that. I don't care. I just want my predictions to be right, you know, because I don't put my emotion in something I cannot control. So let's break this trade down. Very good trade. Uh, again, blockbuster trade, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Seth, the brother, pretty good shooter, underrated player, uh, Andre Drummond, a first-round pick for James Harden. And, and you know, so let's look at these starting lineups that will be uh, co uh, coming here in the near future. Okay, let's start with Brooklyn. So Brooklyn, starting lineup, once everybody gets back, we'll have Kevin Durant, power forward. Probably should be back after the All-Star break. The All-Star break starts next week, by the way, guys. And so the All-Star break will be next week. You'll have the All-Star game next week, and the players will return the following Thursday. Durant will probably be around uh, that time, maybe the first week of March at the latest. Not unless there's a setback, everything I read. Uh, it, it, it was a six to eight week injury 
uh, and uh, January 16th. So you do the math. So you got Kevin Durant for the Brooklyn Nets now, point guard Ben Simmons, shooting guard uh, Kyrie Irving, small forward Seth Curry. You know, and then uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. You, you, uh, they've got Nick Claxton here, but you know you, you've got Nick Claxton, Drummond, Aldridge. That's a pretty good team right there. You know, Simmons is a guy who is. So you can't. You can't. Here's the thing about between Harden and Simmons. You can't teach six foot ten. You can't teach that. He's an elite defender by all metrics. Uh, Har, uh, Durant don't have to dominate the rim now. He can play back a little bit and play back what he wants to. He will get his open shot. Kyrie Irving can take his shot, okay? Uh, they're not going to be worried about that. Simmons don't want to shoot. He's 6'10". You cannot teach 6'10". Durant's seven foot. They can both run the four frequently. And Vegas says that they're the favorite to win the championship. I don't know if I'd believe Vegas, but this deal, this idea that they got fleeced. Can I mind you again, folks? James Harden has been on three teams in two years. Okay. He's not the best air quote team guy in the world. He's not that much air quote worse than a Kyrie Irving. All these guys are divas. That was the whole start of the program today. It's too many divas. Nobody's happy. And then you've got guys like Patty Mills, Blake Griffin, Bruce Brown, uh, Nick Claxton, Andre Drummond, LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, Brooklyn, they've got bodies for days, you know. they got bodies they can just throw at you. Now, they're sitting on a seven or eight game losing streak. Uh, and, 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 you know, somebody needs to pay that $5,000 fine. And if I'm in Brooklyn, Carlos, if you're watching, uh, if you go next time, you go to the Barclays Center. You people, you guys need to holler, pay the fine, pay the fine, and you need to get uh, uh, signs that say Kyrie, pay the fine. Somebody pay the fine. It's a five thousand dollar fine. He can come back and play home games. You got you got the month of March. You can go on a run. They're an eight seed right now, so technically they would be in the playoffs even with this seven game losing streak. On the flip side, you've got Doc Rivers coaching uh, Philadelphia. Now you've got a true point guard slash shooter there, so everything doesn't have to be on Joel Embiid. And I totally this morning or this afternoon when I heard about this and talk about this that. Didn't realize that you've got um, a heck of a roster that I totally left off that in Tobias Harris. So you've got James Harden at shooting guard, Tyrese Maxey at point guard, uh, Thibault at at small forward, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. So that is a well of a, I mean, you've got, Harden that can score, Harris can score. We know Joe LMB can't can get you a double double any night, forty twenty sometimes, but that's pushing it. But MB has that ability, that talent to do so. You know, uh, plus you've got a championship winning coach in Doc Rivers, so you could make an argument. 
that this team's not that team right there. That team is not going to lose the seven games to the Atlanta Hawks. That team's not going to lose to Atlanta Hawks. You know? So, uh, Philadelphia, uh, Jamie, uh, he's the guy that friends on the, this guy's on, uh, he, he works on the Mac and Jack shoe, uh, Northeast streaming. Uh, Spags there is a super fan for Philadelphia, all Philadelphia, everything. He should be ecstatic right now because that's that other star. You don't have to put too much on Tobias Harris. You got the defense, you got the coaching, you got the athleticism. They got a good bench. Uh, that's going to be good. Now, this is going to be more pressure on uh, Joel Embiid if they don't get to at least get to the conference finals. You can't get put out in the second round this year. You know, uh, I want to say, where are they? I want to say they're like a third or fourth seed right now. Uh, Philadelphia's a five. Miami's a one. Milwaukee's a two. Now, Milwaukee, we, uh, the NBA needs more guys like Giannis. Grateful, plays hard every night. Don't try to lecture you on stuff. Don't, no sense of entitlement. He's Greek. Uh, very grateful for the opportunity. Very blue collar. Uh, they're probably would still be my favorite because they've played together before. There's more chemistry, but that's as of right now. But but uh, it, uh, Brooklyn, it, Brooklyn can get together. They can make a run, but they're going to have to do something in the next two weeks to get some get some playing time together uh, as that team. And but uh, Philadelphia. It's your time too, as well. So that that that's those teams are more interesting to me than anybody out west. Denver's not really impressed me any. Uh, Golden State, they got off to a really good start. They they've kind of they they look very beatable, vulnerable, if you want to say. Phoenix. Of course, Phoenix is still hanging in. They're 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 showing that they were legit. But they're a little long in the two for Chris Paul. There's getting not getting any younger. This is probably his last go round, you know. Uh, and the Lakers are a disaster, like I predicted. I, I said that I said on this program. I said as soon as they got Westbrook, they would try to trade him by the trade deadline. And Pickles, they couldn't. Nobody wanted him. They couldn't afford him. But this is huge for Daryl Morey, and. Uh, Steve Nash will put his hair out getting free throws out of Simmons. Yeah, so Steve Nash, he may be the next shoe to drop if they don't need, uh, if they don't um, go go far this year. But, again, Nash, when, when you've got a defender like that and you've got all that scoring around a Simmons, uh, that's why MGM agrees with me. That's a pretty good team. That, that that could potentially be the favorite to win it. So I'm just giving you the eyes of facts. You do whatever you want to with it. Uh, all these guys, there's a sense of entitlement, you know? And, and speaking of underachievers, I mean, Cristal Porzingis was traded, and I'm trying to get the uh, stats here – yeah, they're sending him to Washington for Spencer Dinwiddie. Now, Spencer Dinwiddie, he's a player. 
I've known him for the last few years. He's a, he's a role player that that brings it every night. Um, that's the problem. Teams don't have enough role player. Everybody wants to be a star. Not everybody can be a star. Maybe two big premium players, and everybody else needs to play their role. That's what Simmons needs to play his role. Russell Westbrook needs to come off the bench. He is no longer a superstar in this league. He brings teams down. You know, McCullough forgot he got traded somewhere. Portland, uh, the Spurs got Grogget. Grogget's there. Uh, so the, the league needs more, more role players. This is a shot of B12 for the league. Uh, this is more of a good thing than a bad thing. But going forward, uh, the league really needs a makeover of power structure. And, and, and a reminder, uh, I, I said maybe the league needs a lockout or something like that uh, where these players can hold teams hostages like that. Uh, if a player doesn't show up and he's not healthy, uh, more fines, uh, suspensions, uh, getting out of those guaranteed contracts. There needs to be something for the organization. Again, I'm pro-fan. I'm not pro-owner, rich guy owner. I'm pro uh, anti-entitlement player and bad product. I'm pro-good product. That's why the NFL, you know, is separating itself primarily. I, th- I think they're kind of going down the wrong road uh, in, in certain aspects. But for the most part, NFL has really separated itself from from the others, if you ask me. Uh, as far as from an interest perspective and, and, and a and a players playing their guts out and, and and seeing the intensity week in and week out unlike that and even baseball now baseball they're they're, they're uh, there's a, supposed to be a rule now that uh, all parties have agreed there's gonna be a DH in the national league baseball's too slow to make changes you know and and uh, just kind of ranting here guys but I mean this this it shouldn't take a trade. It shouldn't just be good play to drive the arguments rather than just a trade, you know, a major trade. But yeah, the commissioner, Rob, of course, according to the, uh, the athletic, Rob uh, Manford told reporters that the league has agreed for a universal DH. I believe we have an agreement in time to play our regular season schedule. And so that's also a, a thing in Manford. Uh, giving in to these political people. And I'll see the same thing with Roger Cadell. He's meeting with Al Sharpton. He needs to get out of that lane and say, you work, you work for us. We hired, we gearing the best players. And then we move forward. Cadell should say, okay, baseball needs to be cut shorter. It needs to be faster pace. Uh, and it, 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 they need to be a sense of urgency Eliminate shifting. Uh, the DH should always been universal. I mean, just you, you want more offense, okay? More offense, it helps. And, and then the defenses will will uh, more strategy. There's too much analytics in baseball, so it's a lot. So I'm getting off on a tangent here. Uh, so all that stuff is good for both leagues. Speaking of the NFL, uh, football in Germany. I mean, what? There's supposed to be a game in Munich, Germany next year. Okay, now, I, I, I thought the strategy was to get a, a team in Europe. 
now I'm thinking this is probably going to uh, a good, good call. Yeah, Mad New Yorker says uh, DH hitters cost money. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. You know, everything's about some kind of greed. So the NFL is supposed to have a game in Munich, Germany next year. Well, if you're not dominating London, if you don't have a team in London, what what is the idea to be? They're, they could possibly, not even in a ten year plan, put an NFL team in Munich, Germany. Uh, you know, I guess they're just trying to showcase it live. You can't watch it on TV. That's not good enough. You have to come down and see the game live and fly these teams all over Europe when you don't even have a team in Toronto. You know, uh, Bill Belichick said the logistics for the Mexico City was a disaster having a team down there. So I don't know what that's supposed to be doing. Uh, it, it, it just seems like a lot of hassle to me. Uh, I think Germany uh, would, yeah, that, that's a wrong sport there. Not that football. Frankfurt Galaxy. So I, I just, I'm just not really into that. I will say this. As far as Bolton put a team over there, I mean, I think that's totally ludicrous. I mean, so you go, you break your back in college here. Uh, you do well. And then you get drafted to another country. got to change your currency and all that. Canada's one thing, but they don't even speak the language over there. You have to deal with the military. I mean, I just couldn't imagine us having a team in Berlin or whatever. It probably wouldn't be in Munich. Uh, but, yeah, Toronto, I can see that. You know, and I've talked about this before with you all. Salt Lake City, Toronto. If you want to add two teams, we could probably pull that off. But uh, Mexico City, uh, political environment there is just not safe for the players. But I just couldn't see sending a team – to uh to there and and you know mad mad new yorker says bring back the european football league i'm okay with that i'm okay with that um but you know just the idea of a team being over there uh think about the team think about the disadvantage a team from the west coast would have to come i mean just all that flying all that fatigue uh that time change and that's another thing they have these UK games at 8 a.m. Eight, uh, yeah, eight, it's like 8, 8.30 Central Time, I want to say, in the morning when it's 2 o'clock over there in, in, in London. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if you add four hours to that and make it at 6 o'clock, that's prime time in London. And noon Central Time, 1 o'clock Eastern, just put it with the, the slew of games. Let Red Zone pick that game up just like they picked up the other games. You know? And Pickle says Montreal, Toronto, Portland could use one. Uh, I don't know about maybe Vancouver. But it's just, I, I just don't know. I don't know if it's really going to be, um, I think that's probably going to be a waste of time. But maybe, I, I, I think maybe it's more of a marketing thing rather than putting a team over. If it's putting a team over, that sounds ludicrous. But for marketing, I understand. Uh, there is people in the UK that love Cleveland Browns. Some guy was following me one time from um, the UK. He's a big Browns fan. He had a Browns podcast, and he was in the, he was in the UK. You know, 
uh, Lawrence Phillips in Spain. Yeah. So, anywho, speaking of football, you know this this Mario Cristobal guys, and I, and I'll talk about this. We'll get to the Super Bowl breakdown. Uh, so he gets Josh Gaddis, offensive coordinator for Michigan. Now Michigan finished with the top nine class; they were top ten class. So for a guy who was taking looking at jobs in Jim Harbaugh, he lost his offensive coordinator to uh, Cristobal down in Miami. He lost his defensive coordinator to his brother because his brother fired his defensive coordinator. Uh, I think maybe he was. Harbaugh was really looking at the NFL, and then he started thinking about Kirk Cousins, and I'm sure he said, no, nah, I don't think so. So, but Cristobal, you know, I was looking, they've got two five-star guys that's coming out of Blanton, Florida, which is, uh, it's it's just south of Tampa. And Cristobal has gotten the, he's got Gaddis, offensive coordinator from Michigan, and this guy, Jay Mal, a daddy, uh, from University of Georgia, defensive back coach. I ain't saying they're going to win a national championship next year. I noticed Caleb Williams has transferred to uh, to USC to go play under Lincoln Rail. I get that. But in, in, in two to three years from now, like three years from now, Miami is... Kevin Steele, thank you. Yeah, so they got Kevin Steele. They, these are great, great. This, this is going to be, Miami's going to be, man, New Yorker says Kevin Steele. I think he's going to be the defensive guy. Uh, really good recruiters down there, led by the head coach. He's got a top five pick in Thibodeau uh, coming from Oregon. He's going to play in the league. Uh, going to be drafted coming up in April. Justin Herbert. Is, is, is probably going to be a big star, uh, showing a lot of promise. Panay Sewell down at Detroit. Crystal Ball is really going to do something. So, you know, this Hurricane team, uh, again, in 2023, the Manning uh, nephew, guys, is going to be the number one overall uh, high school player in the country. He's highly sought after. Uh, two other top 10 five-star guys or according to 24-7 sports, maybe a little bit farther back, but they're they're, they're five-star guys. They're both from Blanton, Florida, just up the road from Miami there. And, 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 and you know, this team, two to three years from now, they're going to be with the transfer portable. They're going to be in that playoff hunt. Uh, I think the way I'm seeing things now, you look at uh, – USC with um, Ridley down there, or uh, whatever the heck his name is, that the new head coach. They're benefiting from Cristobal leaving Oregon, going to Miami. Chris Peterson retired, and he's only got to worry about Chip Kelly. You know, so uh, they could slip in there this year to the playoff and get smoked. But it's good for the game. It's going to make the game a bigger, and that's what Colin Coward says. It needs to be more national. It's very regional. Now, next year, Texas A&M, uh, uh, Georgia's still there. Alabama, uh, 
you know, Bryce Young may be the number one pick in 2023. They're going to be, a, they, they should be the number one team. Some are saying Ohio State will be number one next year. But those teams will be talked about next year. But this is going to be, uh, I'm just trying to give you a heads up. This is what it's going to be with, with Crystal Ball down there. So it's going to be more spread out in the next two to five years from now. And uh, the cream will still rise to the top, but I think the games would be more interesting. And quite frankly, I, if I'm the schedule makers, especially with this 12-team playoff that's supposed to be coming, the SEC is going to be combined with, uh, they're going to allow, you know, obviously, uh, I think it was the next two years now, uh, Oklahoma and Texas will be playing. I think these top five teams preseason, uh, at least two of them should play in every season. So, like, for instance, everybody should have one open day, no matter what, in future schedules. Alabama should always have to play a top five uh, in one of their open dates, preferably Labor Day weekend, okay? Uh, remember last year, even though it was low scoring, Clemson and Georgia was good. That was good right to the end, Clemson, Georgia. It's a lot of NFL players. Hold on, guys. Let me switch this out here. A lot of NFL players with, with, with Clemson there. And, um, you know, guys, all I want is, I mean, all I want is better everything, better quality. You know, I, I, I want better quality NBA basketball, uh, better quality NFL football, which I think we've gotten for the most part when, when you got good quarterback play, you're having good quality. I thought that Rams game against the the Bucks that was quality football right there. Um, quality baseball, fast, high tempo, quality, quality, quality. There's so much cheap out here. A lot of cheap movies. You know, a good quality series. People talk about it forever on Netflix, right? Uh, I hear Yellowstone's really good. Stranger Things, shows like that, quality. Because there's so much junk and cheap out there that uh, when you do have fine quality, uh, this well put together, uh, it's more sacred because there's so, like I said, it's so everything's about speed and not quality. You know, quality football. Uh, There's there's been a lot of bad college games over the years. Now, last year was really good. Last year was really good. Mel Tucker did a good job at Michigan State. You know, uh, Michigan won, won their division. Uh, those are, they're, they're new. So, but pr- leading up to that, it's not really been that good. And, and now I think it's even going to be going to be that much more exciting. And I can see what Cristobal is doing in Miami. And um, I keep wanting to call this guy Calvin, right? Uh, the coach there in um, USC. The ACC was way down, Matt Neoper says. Yeah, and that's true. And that's why they hired Crystal Ball. That's why they got a new coach, uh, and, and they may do a well do away with, with with Florida State's coach. Norvell needs to be he needs to make a big jump this year, and it didn't and it didn't help that he lost the top recruit to uh, Jackson State with, with Deion Sanders there. You know, so uh, Lincoln Riley. Excuse me, I don't know why I just I didn't look down at my notes. Yeah, Lincoln Riley. Uh, He's going to benefit an easy schedule, 
and then USC is going to get their upcomings in the playoffs. You know, I think they'll be able to remember they played Notre Dame, but Notre Dame, uh, Kelly, Brian Kelly's with LSU now and, and throw LSU in there, LSU, Georgia, A&M, Alabama. They're going to be there the next year too. You could throw Ohio state in there, but I, I, I'm not with the AP on that. I don't think Ohio State's quite as good as these teams. Okay, those teams are just like in a different level right now. And I'm just saying in the next two to three, not two to five, two to three with the transfer portal, that you could throw USC and Miami in there legitimately. I don't know about Oklahoma yet. I just don't know about those coaches. But I do know that that USC's probably going to be good because they're not going to be playing anybody in the regular season. They're going to keep a lot of that stuff in state, you know, but I'm excited about it. And it's a long way to go before we get there. So anyways, going to the Super Bowl. Now, if, if you look at the Super Bowl, conventional wisdom would say, yeah, Texas, pickle says Texas. Yeah. Large endowment. And I want to add in before I transition to the Super Bowl, Texas had the number five recruiting class uh, in the country, according to 24-7, which they average all of them. University of Texas guys. Uh, who, who, who's our coach now? Sark, Steve Sarkeesian. They got the number five class. The number one class was Texas A&M. There's probably some NIL stuff there. Just win, baby. That's what uh, – I forgot about Texas. And, and they'll be in the SEC in a few years. Okay. If you look at this Super Bowl from the outside looking in, uh, two Pro Bowl level quarterbacks, one, uh, two former one overall number of one overall picks. Guys got great arms. I actually think the younger quarterbacks, the more talented quarterback, only two years in the league than Matt Stafford. They're at the Rams talking about this Super Bowl, and but if you look, conventional wisdom, Aaron Donald. Fowler, Von Miller against the offensive line that gave up nine sacks to the Titans. Uh, they're playing at home in SoFi Stadium. It's a route. Done. Just, just give it to the Rams. It's going to be a blowout, but it's not so fast. You know, there's a reason why Vegas only made them four-point favorites for the practical home game. Okay. Why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because Joe Burrow survived nine sacks. It's because he's played in the AFC North. He's used to going against the best pass rushers in the game. Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, to name a few. And on the flip side, you look at uh, Matt Stafford is tied with Trevor Lawrence for the most interceptions in the regular season. You guys didn't know that, did you? Matt Stafford was 17. That's why I'm the best in the country. You know, we'll be the highest paid at some point. Um, but Matt Stafford has got 17 regular, so one per every game average, okay? 17 interceptions tied with Trevor Lawrence. This Cincinnati defense 
has had seven interceptions in three playoff games. They intercepted Patrick Mahomes twice, not just ran Ron Tannehill's three. We know about that. Okay? This team has one of the better pass rushes of their own, led by Trey Hickerson, 16 sacks. There was a stat. The team, uh, ESPN had a get-up. Somebody on get-up said this. I want to say, God, he used to play for the Patriots. But they got this from their stat department. The team that wins the turnover battle in the Super Bowl is 38-6 and six in the Super Bowl alone. The team that wins the battle in the Super Bowl is 38-6. and six. Again, seven interceptions by this uh, defense alone in, in the playoffs. Uh, they held Kansas City twice, not once. Once in Kansas City, once on the road to three points in the second half. This is the Cincinnati defense, okay? Uh, Cincinnati, the number three running back, rushing team in the league, Joe Mixon in the regular season. They stayed 21 carries in that Kansas City game. Do you think that Matt Stafford is a good enough uh, quarterback as, as Patrick Mahomes? I'm just saying, okay? Mind you, what does the bye week, what position, Pickles, mad New Yorker, what position is helped the most by bye weeks? It's the running back. It's always the running back. They're fresh. They're explosive. Now, the flip side is Daryl Henderson's supposed to be back. Cam Akers is supposed to play. Uh, Tyler Higby's pushing to play. Uh, CJ Uzma, he's got an MCL sprain. He's claiming, he said, I'm going to play come uh, Hades or high water. That's the tight end for Cincinnati. But, so, so you look at all these tidbits here, and the Rams, of course, they've, they've got this Kendall Blanton to play in for Higby if needed. But you know the 49ers in their comeback against the in the regular season, 29 rushing attempts, 135 yards against Stafford, five sacks, two interceptions. All I'm saying is, is if this game is a touchdown to 10 point lead in favor of the Rams. The second half adjustment by this defensive coordinator and these players who are just in tune with this guy. They 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 communicate on defense. They kind of remind me of the Patriots about 2003 with Ty Law and that group. Uh, they just don't bite on any fakes. They they stick to their players like glue. Nobody was open. Down the stretch for the Chiefs, nobody was done. Tyreek Hill, he was not open. Their corners have played way above their head. You know, even though the bigger star is on the Rams. The Rams have stars. This team has a better complete team as of right now, Cincinnati, if you think about it. These are the actual facts. I'm just telling you guys, you know. 
So if I'm if I'm Sean McVay, I know this. I know that the ball sells on Matt Stafford, you know, and I know that he leads the league in interception. I know that this team uh, turns the ball over a lot. So I'm checking down. I'm using uh, all three of those backs. Checkdowns, bubble screens. If you take a shot, go real deep with it. So if it is an interception, you've got that defense the whole burrow intact. You know, that's what I'm doing. If I'm, I'm calling a pretty tight game. If I'm McVay, I'm not playing scared, but I'm not going to play stupid either. You know. But I, my thing is, I don't think that they have the discipline to do that. I don't think the 30-plus-year-old quarterback has the fortitude to play that clean a game at home in the Super Bowl. I think the young 24-year-old player, 25-whatever, Joe Burrow does. There's no pressure on them. There's, there's no pressure. So both teams will have to run the ball. And Pickles and 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 and, uh, and Mad New Yorker saying, you know, Rams have to run the ball. Mad uh, Pickles says that. Mad New Yorker says my pick would be Higgins for MVP. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't play the over or under in this game. Uh, one day I think it I think it's forty seven and a half or something like. Uh, I see it being a 27-24. Well, if it's that, it's going to go over. But I could see it being 23-20, Cincinnati 2. So I would not play the over and under in this game. I think both teams are going to try to run the ball. But also, you're dealing with a fast track here. These teams have not played each other. They have two offensive-minded head coaches. They have a lot of speed. Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup, and then you got T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. You got a lot of speed. You got some big plays there. You got special teams there. So I wouldn't play the over and under. I would take four points in Cincinnati, and I would take some of those prop bets. I think Mixon's going to have about 80 yards, and couple probably end up getting that 90 to 100 yards receiving, something of that nature. And I think Chase will probably get his as well. You know, uh, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking like uh, 27, 24. That's what I've been thinking all week. Uh, Cincinnati to win this game. I think they're going to win. This. I'm going to pick Cincinnati to win this game. Uh, this could be a blowout the other way. You say, why? Because their offensive line is not that good. And when you got a guy that's playing like Aaron Donald, you still have a Super Bowl MVP in Von Miller coming off the edge. There could be a strip sack fumble. Uh, there could be a special teams play. It could be a blowout by the Rams. But I, I think that they're going to be playing loose. They're going to run. They're going to stay disciplined to run in the football, them meaning Cincinnati. And I think that the Rams will blink first. And I think the Rams are, are, are end up going to, they're going to lose this game. Now, everything else does point towards the Rams. You know, if you look at coaching, Sean McVay, this is his second Super Bowl. Zach Taylor coached under McVay, so that's kind of an edge for McVay. This is the first for him. You know, Von Miller's a former Super Bowl MVP. 
They just got bigger stars. They're at home. So all that would lean towards the Rams. But if you look at the Rams, they played a lot of close games. They're not as good. They don't finish as good as their scores, uh, as they look. They don't look like the team they are in pay. They don't play like the star power that they have, you know. And and, and this, this Cincinnati team is very physical. They can run. They can take a punch. They can come back. Uh, they've got speed. They've got power. They're bold, you know. But if I'm Zach Taylor, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna say, listen. I'm gonna tell you guys something. I'm gonna say it one time. Don't assume you're gonna be back here. Dan Marino went to the Super Bowl in 1984-85 season, and he never got back here. However, however. The good news is what I would tell that team if I'm Zach Taylor, that there's three other guys that that went to the Super Bowl, won it in their second year. Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and uh, uh, Russell Wilson with the Seattle Seahawks. Let's be number four. Let's be number four. The owner of that team is like 86 years old, Mike Brown. Mr. Dartmouth, I talked about him on Monday's program. So I'm thinking something, uh, Matt New Yorker says 31-27, that that would be over. Part of me says 27-24. Bengals, 23-20 Bengals. If it's 23-20, that's under. 27-24 is over. So I don't know if I would play the over and under in this game because I've been back and forth, you know. But... I just say, again, 38-6 and to the team who wins the the, the turnover battle in the Super Bowl. Those are the facts. Didn't I tell you guys another thing about about, uh, Kansas City? What did I say about Kansas City? No other team, no, they were half away from doing it. No other team has has won, not named uh, New England, has lost the Super Bowl and came back and went to the Super Bowl since the salary cap era began in 1994. No other team has done that since the salary cap other than New England. 1994. It's 2022, guys. That's a long time. That's a long time. Pickle says 35-31. So you guys are playing up on that fast track there indoors. The coaches haven't played each other. That could happen. And, and Madden Yorker says he's not betting. Um, and I just wouldn't bet it. I mean, I may parlay some stuff. There's a lot of fun props on FanDuel, which they didn't pay me to say it. They should. But uh, there, there, there's some fun props to play. First touchdown score, uh, the correct scores. Uh, you play five bucks, and some of them are like 9,000 to one or something like that. Parlays, if, uh, you know, a yards parlay, catches parlay, stuff like that. I think I'll play some of those, but I'm just not going to touch that over and under, even though I think it's probably going to slightly over. Uh, but then I think, well, both teams need a run. If both teams needs a run, you know, that's that, that kind of keeps that score down. So anyways, uh, I will be back. We'll talk about it Tuesday, guys, uh, around 9 p.m. Central Time. Got a good audience tonight. If you like the show, please share the show. 
subscribe, subscribe to my YouTube channel so I get monetized for all this work that I do to entertain you guys. Uh, the word sports, the word scope, uh, YouTube channel. You can find me on Roku, replayed. Uh, just search the Northeast Stream and Sports here. A lot of good sporting shows on there. Like mine, Mac and Jack, uh, Jamie Pags there. Uh, Philly's a lot, a lot of information there. That's on Roku TV uh, search. Look for the uh, Northeast Stream and Sports there. You see me on there. And, uh, man, New Yorker says, Keith Engel's calling for Stafford to throw at least three picks. Well, if he does, they're going to lose. And I think he could. I really, I thought, okay. We'll put the over and under at one and a half. I think he'll throw two. He'll have two interceptions, Stafford will. In his own stadium, I think he have two interceptions. And, uh, again, these guys had seven in the playoffs. So, they're playing uh, at a high level, that Cincinnati defense right now. So, anyways, have a good night, everybody. I'll see you Tuesday around 9 p.m. Central Time, uh, give or take 15 minutes. So, check your... Uh, standby computers and everything, and uh, check your notifications around quarter till 20 till uh, 9 p.m. Central Time. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you, podcast.